Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country, go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so. I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Here ends the New Testament reading. Lord Jesus, we thank you that it is true that you are here with us this afternoon by your Spirit, as surely as you were with those early disciples who you taught all those years ago. And please teach us, each one of us, now this afternoon. Amen. Do please take a seat. And we are looking this afternoon at Luke 15, verses 1 to 10. That's page 874. It'd be great if you could have that open in front of you. The parable of the lost sheep. Uh, my title is Seeking and Finding. You'll see that on the back of the yellow part of the uh, service papers that you've got with uh, an outline there also. I grew up with ladybird books. They have uh, nowadays rather morphed into witty and uh, subversive spoofs of the original versions, and they're selling by the million, I understand. But I'm old enough to belong to the generation of the glory days of Ladybird books. And um, one that made a very deep impression on me told the story in words and pictures of a little black lamb that was too curious for its own good. And it found a broken down gap in the dry stone wall in the field where it was supposed to be staying put. And it jumped through the wall out into the wilderness beyond and ran off and it got lost. But it was found by the shepherd and brought back home. It was in fact a retelling of this parable that Jesus tells in Luke 15. And as a young boy, I was very touched by the plight of this little lost Lamb, and so glad when it was safe again, and I read it over and over. And looking back, I would say that even then, the Holy Spirit was using that simple little picture book to begin to grip my heart with the mission of Jesus. That is to be our mission in life as well. The teaching of Jesus is so simple and graphic and powerful, isn't it? and yet so deep as well, simple enough to grip the heart of a primary school-aged boy. Simple but deep. And you can see from my outline that I have four headings for us this afternoon. So first of all, Jesus the Good Shepherd has come 
to do what it takes to find his lost sheep and bring them home. Take a look at verses 3 and 4 of Luke 15. So Jesus told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Now, this is not really, of course, a story about sheep, but a story about people and the mission of Jesus to rescue lost people. One of the great Old Testament chapters on shepherds and sheep is Ezekiel chapter 34. We heard just a part of it earlier on this afternoon. In it, the shepherds are the leaders of God's people, and the sheep are God's people. And the leaders of Israel have been self-serving and exploitative So God steps in, he sees what is happening, and he steps in himself. I quote from verse 11 of Ezekiel 34. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land and I will feed them. And a little later it goes on. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. So the God Messiah will be the good shepherd who seeks and finds God's lost people and cares for them. And in time, he came, of course. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. One of my favorite books is a recent memoir about sheep farming in the Lake District. It's called A Shepherd's Life by James Rebanks. And writing about his own flock, he says this, We know these ewes as individuals. Their breeding and life stories, what their lambs were like this year and possibly last. My grandfather used to have an anecdote for every ewe and used to drive us mad, telling us where each one lambed, what its lambs sold for. Today, my father and I take turns offering comment and judgment. Jesus said, I know my own, and my own know me. He knows them. He knows us, and he takes care of us. What does it take for Jesus to find and rescue his lost people? He has to lay down his life. He goes to the cross. That is how much he cares. And when we think about our mission to the lost world, as we're doing this afternoon, that is how much we are called on to care. We are to love the lost like Jesus does. But who are the lost? Well, that brings me to my next heading. So secondly, we are all lost sheep, whether we know it or not, until Jesus finds us and brings us home. Back to... uh, Back up to the first couple of verses of Luke chapter 15. Jesus says, Now the tax collectors and sinners 
uh, Luke rather, says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So you see how there are two groups in view here around Jesus. There are the tax collectors and sinners, and they are drawing near to Jesus. They are realizing that they need to be rescued. And then there are the Pharisees and the scribes, who are the religious leaders of their day. And they did not see themselves as sinners or as lost. They knew, as far as they, could, they were concerned, that they were okay. And Jesus did not come for those who are okay. Jesus said, this is Luke 5.32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Do you remember how back in Luke 7, Jesus is at dinner with a Pharisee named Simon, and a sinful woman interrupts the meal and comes up to Jesus and anoints his feet and weeps in front of him. And Luke says, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet... He would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she's a sinner. The Pharisee Simon is contemptuous of the sinful woman and does not want anything to do with her. But Jesus forgives her and accepts her. And do you remember how Jesus tells another story about a Pharisee and a tax collector together in the temple, and the Pharisee is self-righteous and proud, and he looks across to the tax collector and he despises him. And the tax collector has come to hate his sin and throws himself on God's mercy. He knows how sinful he is. And it's the repentant tax collector who is accepted by God, not the Pharisee, who is just as sinful and just as lost, but doesn't see it. The Apostle Paul in Romans 3 spells it out. He says, no one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The truth is we are all lost sheep, whether we know it or not until Jesus finds us and brings us home. Every one of us needs to be sought and found by Jesus, or we will stay lost. James Rebanks describes a time when he lost a lamb. He writes, a lamb has gone missing. Its mother is agitated. She runs up and down the fence. I left them hours ago, safe and well mothered, and now it's gone. There are no clues. I check the becks in case it's fallen in and drowned. I hate losing a healthy lamb. I check the neighboring fields. No sign. Then I see that it's got itself stuck between the trunks of an old thorn tree about a foot off the ground. It is fine, just squashed and tired. I lift it out and it runs off to suckle its mother. You can lose hours looking for a lamb. We live with foxes skulking around the lambing fields overnight and in the twilight. The older ewes are fierce and stamp their feet and lower their heads as if to charge. But a younger ewe can be confused by the fox and can be fooled. It really is ridiculous how sheep behave. 
Not sheep so much, I suppose. Sheep are sheep. You can expect sheep to behave like sheep, can't you? What is really ridiculous is how people behave like sheep. Jesus' parable is about one lost sheep. But when it comes to people, it's not just the odd one who goes astray. It's the whole lot. And it happens so quickly. And it happens so easily. Over the summer, we were on holiday on a farm in Scotland, and just outside our window of our little cottage, there was a field full of sheep, which was rather delightful, and we were able to watch how they reacted through the day. And it was very clear that when one sheep started running, the entire flock would immediately run after them. And sometimes there was a good reason for that. The farmer had arrived at the corner of the field across the other side, and they all ran towards him. But sometimes they would all take off for no reason at all except that one had started running. So they all it did exactly the same. It was so clear how if one sheep got lost, they could all get lost. And that is what has happened to humanity. As the prophet Isaiah says, we all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us, has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Apart from Jesus, we are all lost sheep, whether we know it or not, until Jesus finds us and brings us home. So how does that happen? How does that homecoming happen now that Jesus has ascended to heaven? He's not physically with us any longer. Well, thirdly, Jesus now sends his disciples out to find his lost sheep and bring them home to him. That is something that's implied in this parable. It is explicit when the crucified and risen Jesus teaches his amazed disciples later on. So Luke 24 verses 46 to 49 says this, Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then a bit later on he says, this is Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So if we have been sought and found by Jesus, if he has given us the gift of faith and we're trusting in him as our Lord and Savior, then that is our task now. We are to witness to Jesus to all people and all nations in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will use our witness to draw all God's people back to him. Jesus is using us to do the seeking and the finding now. The sheep are our top priority. James Rebank sums up the shepherd's life in this way. He says, my job is simple. Get around the fields and feed and shepherd the different flocks of ewes dealing with any issues that arise. First rule of shepherding, it's not about you, it's about the sheep 
and the land. Second rule, sometimes you can't win. Third rule, shut up and go and do the work. As witnesses to Jesus, it's not about us. It's about Jesus and his lost sheep. And we are to speak up and go and do the work. A few years ago, we were on holiday in the Yorkshire Dales. And as usual, we spent a lot of time uh, wandering across the fields and the hills. And I have two particular memories of that week. The first is of coming across dead sheep. And not just once. Again and again. Sheep that had got into trouble and not made it home. The second memory is of finding a sheep that was in trouble but was still alive. It was stuck in a barbed wire fence with its head through the fence and it couldn't get out. And we decided that it had obviously been there a long time. We couldn't wait for the farmer to find it uh, himself. So we plucked up our courage and we took hold of this great sheep and we managed to twist it around and get its head out through the uh, barbed wire fence and get it loose and set it free. Very satisfying. That is our calling as disciples of Jesus. He now sends his disciples out to find his lost sheep and bring them home to him. And that is hard. But in the end, it is full of joy as well. So finally, and fourthly, when we join in Jesus' mission, we share in God's joy over sheep who are found and brought home. Verses 5 to 7 of uh, Luke 15. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends with his, and, and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. See, God rejoices, Jesus rejoices, heaven rejoices when one lost sheep is found and rescued. It is a hard life being a disciple of Jesus, but there is nothing better. James Rebanks loves being a shepherd for all the trouble the sheep give him. He says, we're not sentimental people, but we share our lives with these sheep. We care about them. This is my life. I want no other. My children have long figured out what makes me tick. When my elder daughter was four years old, she looked at me sternly across the kitchen table and said with the wisdom beyond her years, the trouble with you, Dad, is that it's all about the sheep. That's what needs to be true of us. That's what needs to be true of this church. We need to care about the sheep. It's all about the sheep, lost and found. Over the summer, I went to a college reunion, which is something I've never done before, and I saw guys there, now aging like me, who I hadn't seen since they were 21. And seeing one of these guys in particular, Stephen by name, took me back in my mind's eye to the welcome tea of the College Christian Union, the very first meeting of that Christian Union that I went to. And he, it seemed to me in those days, had been there for years. And uh, we chatted, and he said to me, as I was there, feeling very out of my depth uh, in that uh, 
new and lonely world as it was to me at that point, he said to me that in his experience there was nothing better than being used by God to lead someone to Christ. And that simple comment was a great help to me, though Stephen never never knew it, until, that is, I told him 40 years later when we met up on that day. As a very unsure young student, that comment reminded me that Jesus was there, caring for every one of us individually, and that comment helped me to get my priorities straight. There is nothing more important and nothing better, nothing that brings more joy than seeking out lost sheep, finding them, and bringing them home. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking at a church uh, weekend away, and one of the songs that we sung took me right back uh, to an even earlier time, to my early teens, uh, when, as I look back now, I could see that Jesus was in the process of setting my young faith on fire. And it was a song that I hadn't sung for many, many years. It was written back in 1972, a long time ago. Just a ditty, really. Very simple, but deep. Because like this simple parable of the lost sheep, it's the teaching of Jesus. Maybe you know it. The chorus went like this. I'm not going to attempt to sing it. The chorus is this. Freely, freely you have received. Freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I live. That really says it all. Jesus has sought us and found us at the cost of his life. And now we are to go in his name and seek and find and rejoice. Let's bow our heads to pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you that when we were lost, you did not leave us in the darkness, but you came to us and laid down your life and sought us and found us and brought us home. We thank you, Lord. And we pray that you will use us now by the power of your Spirit. Fill us anew with that power and give us the courage and the boldness that we need that we, in our turn, might seek and find and bring home your lost people for your glory. Amen.